The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who goes this town tonight. Hey, welcome here to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We are live. I am in studio. Give me Lache. I'm here by myself today in studio, but we shall be having Kwame and maybe Dougie B calling in here on the lines pretty soon. I know they're both busy and out of studio today doing some own personal work of themselves, but hey, I'm in studio, so check this out. It's Thursday, uh, one day before Fireball Friday, one day before the weekend, the weekend after a Super Bowl weekend, so yeah, definitely you're going to see the normal crowd out and about in the, in the Valley area going Place to place, I mean, the crowd is going back to its normal self. With yesterday, the biggest news that came across in sports, well, I believe so, is the college football signing day, commitment day. And there were plenty of draft picks, or I'm sorry, future draft picks, and plenty of special surprises that came across signing day. Uh, One of the biggest news stories, and I know I talked about it, what, Tuesday, was Snoop Dogg's son, Cordell Brodus. And I thought, you know, going into signing day, all the rumors were around him coming out to the Valley, coming out to ASU to join the Sun Devils. And he surprisingly picked, well, it was between the Sun Devils and the USC Trojans. And because Snoop Dogg is such a big fan of the Trojans, and he always he, he came out with commitment saying that he would love to see a son in a USC uniform. But that wasn't the case. But he did stay in L.A., but the other school in L.A., UCLA Bruins. And so that's the school that he has chosen to commit to. Kwame Lasseter here. He just now joined us on the lines. Kwame, what's going on, man? What's going on, dude? Hey, living living life. <laughs> tell you tell you this. Uh, I don't, to do out here in Arizona. Oh, yeah. Weather. <laughs> Perfect weather. One degrees. all good. Sorry, East Coast listeners um yeah 81 degrees out here yesterday was the big signing day um for college uh recruits i guess you can say uh future college football players coming up and the story that i was just touching light on was snoop Dogg's son cordell brodus staying in la with the school he has chosen is ucla ucla bruins his dad you know huge usc fan snoop Dogg, huge usc Trojan fan i thought he was coming out to the valley to ASU because I had rumors and talked to a few people and like the kid didn't want to stay in LA. He wanted to get out of his dad's shadows, but I guess it was a team commitment from what Snoop Dogg had presented. You know, it was a team decision of the Brodus family. I guess it was, it was their team decision. With him not going to yeah, U- I USC, been, I would want to get out of LA also. Yeah. you know, after growing up there, but. When you look at ASU and you look at who's going to be the quarterback, he's going to be the freshman. 
who's going to be his quarterback for the next three years? If uh, you, you have uh, you have the uh, guy coming back who played well behind mm-hmm. uh, Till Achilles, but outside of that, that's a one-year deal. He's out of there. Right. Unless they unless they recruited a highly recruited a quarterback somewhere in the valley. I know the one guy from here in the valley was going to Michigan State mm-hmm. as a quarterback. But okay. I, but you got to look at all those things. As mm-hmm. a receiver, he would be great for uh, Chip Kelly's uh, offense. Uh, so, uh, Graham, uh, not Chip Kelly, but a Graham's right. offense. <laughs> yeah, he would be um, he'd be great in that in that system. But then you got to have somebody to throw it to him also because they are losing one of their top receivers. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's fine. I'm just surprised that, you know, that he has chosen UCLA. I mean, this came out of nowhere. Like you were saying, as a receiver, you look at the quarterbacks that's in the system now and what quarterbacks are coming in. I told you I seen that kid at a Chandler High School out of the Valley. He's going to ASU. He's an athletic. He's about 6'3". He's a three-star prospect. He signed yesterday. He's going to his brother. Uh, his last name Perkins. His brother is the running back at UCLA, and he, the younger younger brother, signed with ASU. So I've seen that guy play. That, that kid has talent, and they also signed like a uh, they had like a four star prospect who was on the team last year, but redshirted. I mean, but it was good quarterbacks. But the whole commitment decision was behind you know with Snoop Dogg and his family saying it was a family decision, and I don't think he was really that happy to stay in LA. I think we got Doug here on the line as well. Dougie B. I'm here, man. Hey, like what's going on? Christmas. What's that? I said it's like the day after Christmas. Oh, man. I bet. I, I bet. Day. I bet. It, it, it was a good day for your for your Sun Devils. All you know what it was? I was actually surprised they didn't go with the receiver or two. Yeah, and they were counting on uh, Brodus. That's who we're, exactly what we're talking about right now. Cordell Brodus, Snoop Dogg's son, with him signing with UCLA, which was a huge surprise. But I watched his interview. I don't know if you all had seen it. But he really wasn't that happy. He didn't look happy. You know, when you it, commit it to a like school. A, um, if it was a family decision, it looked more mm-hmm. like a, a parent's decision. Uh, and, and, and if you if you really take into account, the only way I can see it making sense for him going to UCLA is that he's going to ball out there. We got we got a gig. Hurley is gone quarterback-wise. He's out here training at EXO. But mm-hmm. his football career, as far as marketing career, Going into and coming out of UCLA, uh, if he's going to be uh, what his parents think he's going to be, that's why I think the decision was uh, was ultimately theirs more than those his because he did look kind of distraught. Yeah, I know. I want to go. I can. I'm to come to Arizona, ASU. I'm only an hour away, flight wise, right. to get back home. And you still can market. If that is the case, you still can market. He could be marketed from the uh, California perspective. Right, absolutely, and yeah, I mean, he just didn't look like you say. He looked really distraught. He still marked himself exactly from the valley. I mean, you know, like you said, it's an hour flight away. It's, I mean, Snoop Dogg. He comes here about once or twice a year for his uh, that youth football league he runs, and you know they got a huge fan base out here in the valley. I think it's safe. It's a safer. It's a safe place out here in Phoenix. But I don't know if. You know, they really don't trust Cordell on his own. If they don't trust people, that's why they want him closer to L.A. You could tell, like you said, you hit it on the dot. It was a family, huge family decision, more of a parent he decision. Was in, um, he was also at uh, Bishop Foreman, too. So him leaving L.A., going to school out in Vegas, mm-hmm. should have been a surprise or a shock that if he would have came to Arizona. 
Uh, but I saw all, so I, that's why I really think ultimately you got to look who's quarterback for ASU within the next two or three years. Mm-hmm. You got to look uh, at the marketing part of going to UCLA as opposed to USC. Uh, but you you also still in LA right. where you had to leave to get away from by going to Bishop Coleman in Vegas. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't. I, I didn't all come out. Maybe we see this guy transferring in a year. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But honestly, I don't see him stepping on the field day one the way he would have getting a chance out here with the Sun Devils, uh, Doug. I think you can agree with that with Jalen Strong, you know, getting out of town. And you got a lot of – I mean, these guys gained experience, but they're still young. And I think a go-to receiver like Brodus would have eventually, like, would have prevailed out here in the Valley more than who is going to see at UCLA because UCLA, they – Ain't, ain't no slouches walking through the UCLA doors. And Arizona State is on their way up there. So this would have been a huge commitment with them. But, you know, it, it, they're going to recruit five-star recruits out of at UCLA. And along with that, remember Kwame, that running back we talked about the other day, who was making jokes about his top five schools and it being Phoenix College, ITT Tech. He's the number one running back or considered a five-star prospect running back in that same class. And he committed to UCLA as well. So – that's more attention, you know. That's the type of players that UCLA goes for and kind of gets. Right, look at um, Arizona State. I think they had a good commitment class. And Doug, I know you was about to comment on that. You know what? With the Sun Devils. Yeah, an issue. I mean, this is probably one of the best classes I've seen, even after last year, um, especially on the defensive side. Looking at some of the guys, they got that five-star backer that's going to come in from the Jinko College ranks. And he's going to start, especially at that devil backer. Um, so, I mean, look for issue for that defense just to step it up. Uh, I mean, just huge just coming up here. But, like I said, as far as receiver goes, I mean, we have some receivers that are already there in the system, uh, Chambers and a couple other guys. But I would have liked to see at least one or two receivers come in just mm-hmm. to kind of help solidify that spot next year. Because, realistically, all the seniors that signed this year, they're not coming up until the offseason in the summertime, they're not going to be there in spring ball, so they're going to be that step behind. Um, now you take somebody like Cordell, I believe he would be able to step in that after that summer and, you know, contribute for the team. But it's it's definitely kind of uh, kind of shocking not to see it. I kind of want to get uh, Berkovici on the show uh, maybe next week and see what his thoughts are as far as where they're looking at as far as signing and stuff and their recruits. But... We also can't remember, we talk about these four stars, five stars. That doesn't mean they're going to come in and just make an impact because look mm-hmm. at J.J. Watt. He was a two-star coming in, and look where he's at now. So as much as I like to see the three, four, five stars, I kind of, I'm kind of drawn to some of these two and three stars mm-hmm. just to see if they're going to have that impact because they're kind of like that diamond in the rough making. Right. And, I, and I think uh, those stars are predicated on location, too, also. And, and where these guys play. Some of these guys play in a different market of football, uh, but they still play football at a high level. So the stars, are they're good for the kids. They're good for the marketing, the TV, the, the uh, publicity, uh, ranking. But we've all seen two stars all ball, four or five stars. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's, not, it's not all the time, but you get a handful of guys because of where they play, probably rank th- three stars, outplay by far, a five-star kid. And, and when you look at the receiving core for the ASU Sun Devils, now, it would have been great to get the receiver guys they went after. It would have been, been outstanding. They have the program for the program. Uh, had three 
winning seasons, mm-hmm. 10 games or more, which is outstanding. That's a building process to ultimately get to the championship game, which we thought they would get to last season. Right. But you also can go out there and get some junior college guys. You also get get those right. guys that's in the state of Arizona. If you can recruit those guys from the state of Arizona, let these high school kids know they have a home at a big-time university, whether they're three-star or five-star, then you start getting everyone who wants to come to ASU because ASU is going to win. Then you can start getting those five-stars because mm-hmm. you put the program on the map back to where it was with John Jefferson and those guys, uh, all, the, all the great receivers that play here. Uh, so now you can start getting three stars, and now at this point, the recruiting is not over because the ASU Sun Devils can go out and get, they can go out and get some junior college transfers and make sense out of their their, their recruiting class. Right. And uh, uh, kids that go into university seeing their star rankings, I mean, to go along with that, that's a, that's a room for motivation. You know, you see yourself as a, you see other people see you as a two-star prospect. I mean, those people who's ranking you probably never played a down of college football, you know, ever, or down in the NFL. And then they rank you these two, three stars, and, you know, you come in with that chip on your shoulder like, hey, this kid really thinks he's really better than me until, you know, let's just wait till we strap it on. That's why, you know, I, I've seen that guy Bryce Perkins play at Chandler High School, and Ooh. I'm telling you, he's he's the real deal. He, he's the athletic quarterback, and like you said, yeah, Kwame, you, like you yep. said, uh, location. Um, they're not a powerhouse football program, not necessarily compared to the schools in California and Kansas and Texas, like those junior colleges as well. But you know, just because he doesn't go to a powerhouse doesn't mean this kid is like worthy. And like you said, I've seen some no-star recruits come my way and, and blow kids out the water and get a shot at the NFL. And that's what it's all about, really. At the end of the day, that's all these kids, you know, dream about and want to get to. And yeah, I was. And still sticking with ASU, they finished what ranked top twenty in the recruiting class in the top twenty-five. The number one overall was USC. They had four five-star commitments, seventeen four-star commitments, and it's it's a great deal to see somebody finally pass up Alabama in a recruiting scheme, ranking-wise, I guess you could say. Uh, but Alabama still up there with number two, Florida State, Clemson at four, and Tennessee at number five. Tennessee, they. They got a lot of kids returning as well, but it's good to see their recruiting is up there now. And I know they had a new coach that just came in there about a year ago. Um, He's cleaning up that Tennessee roster from what Lane Kiffin left over there a couple years ago. And, you know, it's it's really good to see them turning the page and getting back to old Tennessee football and see them with a top five ranking class. I mean, that's just incredible. I think that's the biggest surprise I got out of. The whole recruiting um, day yesterday, it was signing day, seeing Tennessee at number five. I mean, I think that's just incredible. Yeah, and I got to pay you for the note. It depends on which which um, website you go to. Like scout.com right now has ASU at 19. Mm-hmm. And they've got U of A at 41. So that even top, that's like the cream of the crop right there, man. That's just the cake, you know, the icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. I love it because you want it's it just it's showing people want to come to Arizona State over U of A, right? Right. You want to be you want to be able to out recruit your in state rival. You have to do that. Mm-hmm. If you can out recruit your in state rival, then you already know what that type of game is going to be. Competition it already brings. Uh, but then you want to go to the top team. You want to out recruit Oregon. Then you want to out recruit USC, who had a great day of starting yesterday. Then you want to get to the teams. You want to triple down. But, you, I mean, you can start at the top 
Let's say I want to recruit UC uh, Oregon. Mm-hmm. But you want to get those guys in state that U of A is trying to get first and foremost. So you got in state team that consistently can build a powerhouse with the guys that's coming out of high school here in the state of Arizona. Then you want to go, in my opinion, try to out recruit these guys until there's a, there's a lot of motivational ways you could do that uh, with the recruiting as far as getting guys who will normally go to Oregon or USC. There's a lot of things you could do that. Mm-hmm. But I, I've known ASU to be complacent and letting the record speak for itself. Well, the record doesn't speak for itself because everybody can win 10 games. Right. You, can, you can win 10 games. There's about five teams in the Pac-12 that can win 10 games. Yeah. And so you have to go out there and put that extra stuff on it uh, to get these guys. And say why we're recruiting you and why you why you want to play. Not to put down another school. And that's the, I think that's terrible recruiting. Not to put salt and, and, and bad vibes on another school. But say, speak more about ASU and what are you getting out of ASU educational-wise and athletic-wise mm-hmm. and where this program is going and where it's been. These kids can see that. The parents can see it. Mm-hmm. And look at uh, Oregon. They, they dropped to 20 three or 24, um, or, I'm sorry, 21 uh, on scout.com. So Oregon kind of starting to separate from being on the top of the pack and starting to kind of go their own way. And I was reading something, uh, I, I think it was about a week or two ago, mm-hmm. about Oregon, and these kids are going to start seeing Oregon for the program it is, and they're not going to want to go there just because of the uniforms. They actually want to run a little bit better of an offense and a defensive scheme that Oregon usually typically runs. Mm-hmm. And I think it's starting to happen, and especially in this draft class, you see it. Their kids are starting to go away from Oregon now. Right, absolutely. And to piggyback on Oregon at the same time, they used to recruiting, getting two-star, three-star recruits anyway. I mean, Marcus Mariota wasn't no four-star, five-star recruit coming into Oregon. And it's the way that they run their offense, so these three-stars, so these you know lower-ranked athletes – can be looked at in, in another light is because, yeah, they recruit just speed, just certain people that fits their scheme. So they really aren't, if they can't find a five-star, four-star guy walking in the door, they're okay with getting a two-star, one-star who has you know the same skill set and, you know, who can fill in the role. So Oregon, they never really been, you know, that top 10, even though last year, yeah, Doug, they were like a top 10 recruiting class, but... I mean, that's just a surprise. And I think ASU go about the same way in the last few years, and now they're getting four-star recruits. So you see that's, them that's raising the right there because you don't have to always have five stars. Do they fit my scheme yeah, defensively or offensively? Uh, I know some th- uh, some uh, three-star guys that fit perfectly in my scheme because that's what they play in high school. Mm-hmm. But when they come in, they're playing at a full speed, at a high rate, instead of me teaching them something over and over, this is what they know. So you yeah. make a good point as far as, the stars and, and who recruits and how they recruit and why a three star makes more sense to the ASU than it does to uh, than a five star. Right. Five stars just for okay, we have a couple five stars, but like Doug said, they're not always going to play. Right, absolutely. You look at USC. USC used to have five stars waiting on the bench mm-hmm. until their junior senior year, and, which and they then do. leave after one year. But <laughs> which they but do. you have to be able to bring some guys in that can come in and practice at a high level, knowing at any given time when you get in that game, we expect you to do what we recruited you for. Yep, absolutely. We're going to take a quick break here after the break. We're going to come up. We're going to talk about more some um, some antics that happened during signing day yesterday and other NBA news as well. You listen to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. 
Voice America Sports. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Yeah, Spider Man and Freeze in full effect. You ready, Ron? I'm ready. You ready, Dave? I'm ready, Slick. Are you? Oh, yeah. Ready, Hey, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We are live in studio. Dimery Lachey. We got Kwame Lasseter, Dougie B here on the lines. Coming back from break. Uh, one of the weird stories I got from uh, signing day was, I believe it was the number one corner in the country signed to USC. And the way he showed his commitment was through a music video with a fellow rapper. Uh, what is his name? Mac Miller. He made a music video of his commitment. I mean, is this really what we have gotten to around these days? Johnny Manziel. <laughs> so you blame Johnny. Johnny. <laughs> hey, are you talking I about Ivan Marshall? I, I blame his parents for letting him do that. That's crazy. <laughs> like, I, I didn't know like this is what we got into. And I think it was, yeah, me and, uh, yeah, it was, it was you, Kwame, on Tuesday. We talked about um, guys, you know, with this whole commitment, and how you can pretty much, yeah, uh, Doug, his name is Ivan Marshall. How your commitment now, you can market yourself early and often. And it's so funny that we mentioned that, that now you're getting guys making rap music videos to show their commitment and also presenting their highlights. Like, it, it was it was hilarious, I mean, to me. It's, it's funny. I mean, but you already got a target on your back being the number one corner in the country. I mean, the, the the kid is the same size as Richard Sherman, if not maybe even bigger. The kid's about 6'2", 200 pounds. And, I mean, what more? I understand, you know, you're marketing yourself, but really with Mac Miller and the whole music video deal, and I mean, what, is that, what does that tell you about this kid? I mean, he's coming now with a big, even bigger target on his back with that. So. I, I like target because if you're a corner, Mm-hmm. If you're the number one, if you're the number one receiver, you don't want some chump on you. You want the best corner on you. So if you're the number one corner, 
you don't have a problem with pressure. You've been balling like that for a minute, which made you number one. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a problem with the target and the more pressure because now that probably would make him what is pressure. That defies a lot of people. We all know that. Right. But I, I just don't, I still don't agree with the video. <laughs> I think you come in and you get your job done. Some people are different. Maybe he knew this guy. Maybe this guy from the neighborhood. I don't know. I wouldn't have did a video. I know that much. No, I, I don't think I would have either. I, I mean... Shoot, ma- when I came out, I won on video. Run DMC, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I mean, Doug, can you piggyback on that? I mean, really, this kid went, went all out with the music video. I mean, that's the first I've ever seen or heard. It, it was hilarious. You got to check the you video what, out. What do you say to that, though? There, it just... It... it, it I don't want to say mind-boggling, especially with this day and age and seeing what the kids do. But I mean, it's it's it made him stand out for sure. You know, no one else made a rap video for his for a scout. But um, I mean, it's just it's. I think you're going to see a lot more of this kind of let's let's put it just knucklehead into this. Um, because that's the day and age we're in right now with these kids and social media and everything else. They're going to try to outdo one another, but. They want. To, they just want to be seen. It. This is my 15 seconds of fame top deal. What can I do to show myself over and above everybody else? Right. Absolutely. Another uh, marketing deal. I know it's kind of off subject, but still in the sense of the uh, game of football. Yeah, those those prospects. You know, that's going to try out for the during uh, the NFL Combine. Every year, you know, usually the top three guys get some type of prize for being, what, running the top 340s at the Combine. This year, Adidas, if you sign with Adidas, they're going to give out Porsches to the top three guys that run the 40s. And not only are they just Porsches, they're the new 911s Porsche with a cheetah print. (laughs) You got to run in the cheetah print cleats and also on your car on the Porsche. They it's clean. a cheap Oh yeah, they look they legit. And I thought, and I was just thinking about you know how both of these subjects. I mean, talking about marketing. I mean, you can get anybody. Anybody can go into the NFL combine. And so you know, if you run the top, you know, the fastest forty there. I mean, you get to come out the situation with a brand new Porsche. And they might have a big cheetah on the back, but you, you get a Porsche. You probably don't have to play it down in the NFL. You sign with Adidas, and you get a Porsche car. Hmm. Marketing. Some of those, some of those guys only train for that. Right. I mean, absolutely. They're gonna get something out of it. I might as well train for that. Who knows? Because the NFL is no guarantee, but it's a guarantee. If I'm <laughs> if I'm even listed as one of the top fastest guys going into the draft, yeah. I'm gonna train for that to be in the top three. You, you see what you get out of that? Yeah, absolutely. And it's last all marketing, but it's marketing uh-huh. strength. That strength comes from uh, Adidas. It's all marketing. Mm-hmm. And last year, Brandon Cooks. For the receiver for the Saints, even though he's going to have a great career in the NFL, uh, if he stays away from the injury bug, but he got a hundred thousand dollars for running. I think it was the fastest forty-four wide receiver, and he got a hundred thousand dollars for that. So yeah, some guys just train for that. Some guys just train and, for and don't even the fastest forty. He wears Adidas right now today, doesn't he? <laughs> I guarantee it. Yeah. Yes, he does. He'd be crazy <laughs> not to. Adidas, uh, well, Nike, I don't know if I told you guys the story, but Tim Brown had some shoes. They ran, <laughs> Nike ran Tim Brown out of, out of business. Really? Gave the manufacturer 10, 10 million, say, stop making these shoes, when in all the stores his was in, say, if you mm-hmm. see us selling these shoes, we're taking our shoes out the store. 
And that's, yeah. <laughs> Adidas is coming up, too, because look at what they gave ASU over what Nike was going to give them as far as their uh, uniform contract this year. And ASU went with uh, with Adidas. So I don't know where, where Adidas got all the money from and where they're coming from now, mm-hmm. but they're coming up. Adidas, Adidas got yeah. money now. Adidas, Nike, yeah. <laughs> we, know Mike, we know Nike has that image and that swoop and all, but Adidas got money. They, shoes are not the only thing they do. Yeah. I think Adidas was the first time. I went on a recruiting trip several several places, and, you know, they, they would show Adidas gear. Yeah, Nike almost had to catch up with Adidas because Adidas started coming through, especially in college football. With uh, I think Nike just came back once they got all the NFL jerseys. But, yeah, Adidas had a good five-year run. Where they where their stuff was just legit. They, I think they were the first one to have like the dry fit, you know, jerseys where you know your sweat is not really shown on your jersey, and they had the uh, they had the the cleats. They were the lightest cleats that were ever made. You know, RG three signed with the, that deal. I remember during that time when I was getting recruited and going through the process of picking out my game cleats and whatnot, and we had Adidas at my school, and yeah, Adidas was they, they've been they. They've been around, and the, I think Nike had to catch back up, especially in the college football, in the football aspect. Yeah, they so, did. Yeah, but yeah, Nike had Nike had to catch back up. Yeah, Nike, you all know what Nike. Is. I wouldn't leave Nike. Reebok offered me more money, but because I was so brainwashed on Nike and image growing right, up, right, right, I wouldn't leave them. Yeah, Nike ain't going nowhere. Right, they can say, "Oh, that's all we have to do is create something like that." Okay, here we go, bam, and yeah, they're that's right a, back you on know top. What? <laughs> really, it's it's called branding, and, and y'all, you guys know that it's branding. Right. If you come up with something that you can brand, but you giving, but if you got enough, if you got enough income to give it away, then you brand these kids at a young age, and now that's all they know because that's the hottest thing. But if you able to, you able to sustain um, long enough and stay in the game, then your product is everywhere. That that that's what happened to me. Mm-hmm. I grew up wanting Nikes, end up getting Nikes, wearing Nikes as a kid. Reebok came to me um, as a as a pro and said, "We'll give you more, we give you thirty thousand dollars more to wear our shoes and gloves." And I was so brainwashed about Nike, I said, "No, I think I'm gonna stay with Nike." Mm-hmm. And that was the dumbest mistake I ever made. <laughs> but I was brainwashed, and that's what you gotta do. Right. You gotta brand these kids. That's why Adidas is at every camp. You see these kids in Adidas at every camp. And Doug, you mentioned how ASU ASU got they have money. They they have money. Uh, and it's all about money, too, because Adidas will come in and say, we're going to give you this amount of million dollars mm-hmm. to wear our logo. And ASU has won 10 games for the last three years. They mm-hmm. have won 10 consecutive games for the past three years. That is national televised uh, viewing with, with Adidas' logo on their on their shoulder pads and on their pants. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, yeah, well, it's, it's, a, it's a no-brainer. From, I think it was an eight-year... Um, I mean, we're talking multi-million dollars trying to get the number two, but I mean, Nike wasn't even going to um, come near it at all. And I think it was a smart move for, for ASU because that's a, that much more money they can put in, especially with the stadium designs and the oh, absolutely. what they're doing. That's a wrap. I mean, that's a wrap. That stadium I built? Yeah, that's absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sad to see it being redone? <laughs> I'm the reason they get in that stadium. Now. I blew it up. Well, I, I was hot in the valley. Stop. <laughs> Here it is. Eight-year, $33.8 million contract. For the Adidas with um, ASU? ASU, yeah. And Nike was going to give them like a $2.1 million. Mm. So, um, hey, 
and I know we're on we're on college football and everything else. And if any recruits or any new guys coming up, if you're in the NFL and you come out here for Super Bowl, stay away from women, especially when you have to pay for that. Oh yeah. I don't yeah, think you should ever have to pay for it. You, I mean, but you, you guys know like better than I do, uh, or or just like I do. If you're in a relationship, you're paying for it. If you can look, you can find a way to look for it or look at it. I'm sorry, not look for it, but look at it. I mm. mean, everybody pay for it. Not just men, women. I mean, and it ain't no soliciting. It's not prostitution. If you want to be silly and say, "Oh, I'll pay for it," we we go out to eat, we do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. That ain't paying for it. That's that's somebody you love. That's somebody you. You you gonna do that anyway, but that's you gonna mm-hmm. do that with somebody you love. When these guys come out here, Doug, you make a good point. Stay away from the nonsense. And and I never I don't understand why do you have to pay for it like that? Like obviously that might be a problem. Maybe that's something you've done plenty of times and gotten away with it. But why you wanna go somewhere and get a stranger and then that stranger happened to be a process? I don't even know that was an undercover uh situation. I know uh when the um you got the man of the year for Atlanta. I can't think of his name, but it's a safety. Mm-hmm. Man of the year for Atlanta. When they went to the Super Bowl, he got in trouble for the same thing. Mm-hmm. That is just crazy. Man, he was actually still playing. I can't think of his name, oh, but wow. I will um, next time I come on the show. Yeah, and my thing is, if you're even a, a a former NFL player, you can go to any bar and pretty much pick up any girl in there just by your name and who I you think any man can. Mm-hmm. You ain't got to be a former in this or former that. I think any man can go there. And <laughs> no, women, going no. to the bars the same, women going to the bars for the same reason. <laughs> I understand, but I guarantee the difference between a guy that's played in the NFL and just a regular Joe Blow that know. hasn't gone anywhere. <laughs> they're going to automatically go for the NFL player. Why? Just because of the statute and the money and everything else. Because now they can come back to their friends and brag on to an who extent. they slept with. To an extent. You know, so, I mean, overall... <laughs> Well, that and girl right there, that girl, that girl who brags about sleeping with NFL players, an idiot. You already know she's got to be under twenty. I understand, but I'm saying it's still the point. If you're Warren Sapp, why are you going to go after paying for that kind of service, man? Go to a bar, especially here in Phoenix. Go to a bar and pay I mean, and pay for drinks. Like, all there's night. three, four bars you could have gone to, and you would you go to church. Working at, to at NFL Network and not being <laughs> everywhere on TMZ and right. Catholic Church. Yeah, and and one one deal that I that I hope that gets burned the whole thing of because once somebody young does it, it's oh it's because he's not old enough or he he doesn't know, you know it's okay because he's young. I mean you still got the same guys who are older, you're still you know making the same mistakes, and it's like what what excuse do you have for them? You know, and it's so funny that the people that make mistakes, they'll go back and say, oh, that kid, he's just a kid right now. He doesn't know. He'll learn. But then he turn, you see the same guy turn around and get in trouble for almost the same deal, if not even worse. And then you look at him, he look at himself. It's like, dude, you were just, you know, talking about someone else being so young. And, you know, we're talking, obviously we're talking about Warren Sapp here. But, you know, he he made comments on guys being young and guys being silly, making childish mistakes. But look at the mistake he has coming out with. Coming out with, so that whole deal of oh he's too young. I think that needs to be slapped out the way. You know, at a certain age when you're an adult, what's good and what's not good, and what to do and what not to do. Especially like you said, who gone through the NFL works, who've been uh, professional, whatever they do. That that excuse needs to drop, you know, with him being young, him being a kid. You know then and you know now. 
Like, I just hope that whole excuse gets dropped out the water. I mean, I, it's just time after time. He, knew, he knows right and wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to hear that excuse that he's young. Yeah, and then a couple of days later, you have, you know, me and Kwame on Tuesday, we talked about, you know, the NFL needs to clean up, clean up their image, basically, and, you know, get back to focusing on what's the light in football and what's not really, what what the negative is in football. And the media needs to change that as well. But, I mean, a couple of days later, you have Indianapolis Coast linebacker, Dequell Jackson, get charged with assault after an argument over a parking spot. Along yeah. with that, Kwame's favorite um, underwear model or agency Cowboys running back, Julius Randle, he got arrested again as well. And this time it had nothing to do with um, stealing any possession, but he had pot or weed in his possession with marijuana. He got caught with marijuana. He got arrested for that as well. So, but you know, this guy's going to come back and play with the Cowboys. I mean, he, he, he didn't miss a game with stealing any underwear, but he actually got a deal out of it. And now he gets caught with marijuana. That's his second offense, you know, in the, in the past, what, three, four months. I mean, the Cowboys are still going to play him, but it's just crazy how, you know, you say the NFL needs to clean up after that ridiculous, you know, season of, you know, I've never seen so many guys getting so much trouble over and over. And then, boom, two days later after Warren Sapp's incident, it keeps going and going and going. And, Demery, you forgot one more. Oh, yeah, and Josh Gordon deal as no, well. No, no, Latroy uh, again. The Packers de-tackle. Uh, de- right. Had Ooh, all that, all that, he had $119,000 to sit with him. Mm-hmm. It, not, and just not the money, but he had, I, I forget how many ounces of weed plus a gun. Bad juju for him right there, man. But see, you know what? Here's my thing with weed. Um, it's against the law now. But when they legalize it, they have to legalize it. We had the same problem with alcohol during the prohibition. But when they legalize weed, how mm-hmm. do they let those guys out of jail who had three strikes? I mean, it's, it's, this, is a touchy, this is a very, very touchy issue as far as marijuana is concerned. Because at some point, the government, the United States, is going to start putting a price on weed. Like, they've... They've done it in, su- in such a way mm-hmm. with these, um, these, what's this, smoke shops? What, what, is, what are they called? Mm-hmm. Uh, They've done it yeah. where you can go and get with, and then they made medical use. Mm-hmm. I know some guys who just got an ankle injury and got a medical card. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know their chronic pain, but you get a consistent headache, you can get a medical card. Right. you got to just find the right doctor. But when you start putting people in jail for it, or if it affected your uh, driving, your your thoughts, your process, or going through a day, mm-hmm. I can understand maybe getting some counseling, getting some treatment. But when they start, when they make this thing legal, and, le- and marijuana is going to be legal, you just got to watch. You know, if you if you follow history, it's the same thing we did with alcohol. It's the same thing we do with uh, prescription pills. It's the same thing we did with, uh, you know, Coke. Coke used to be in, cocaine used to be in Coke. Mm-hmm. They find a way to use it and sell it. So when marijuana becomes legal... I want to know what they're going to do. And, Doug, uh, this is something we could talk about off the air because uh, you probably deal with it uh, on a, a tad bit. But you're going to have to let a lot of people out of jail. <laughs> and maybe you can say, well, no, you did this when it was a law. But then how you can be hypocritical and make this much money off it. You know how much money is be made off of marijuana a year? And, you, and, and we're talking about the guy from Detroit, Gibb. Mm-hmm. How much he had on him, and how much he had cash on him—that's intent. You you distributing, or you making a drop, or you doing something. Nobody should have that much money in them, in their car. Um, is right, and then um, <laughs> <Or say. laughs> 
<laughs> with a with the with intent to sell. That looks like that looks like intent to me. Yeah, like deal absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break, and after the break, we'll come in our last segment and, you know, f- finish this conversation um, that we had just gotten into. And, yeah, we're going to take a quick break here. You listen to the Kwame Laster Sports Talk Show. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies Handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Hey, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to the last segment in the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show today. It's Thursday. We are live. Demi Lachey here is in studio. Kwame Lasseter, Dougie B is on the lines as well. We were talking about um, the marijuana situation with not only Randall, the, uh, Joseph Randall, the running back of the Dallas Cowboys, but also Guy and the defensive tackle. Uh, I think he was a pro bowler, right? Correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was a pro bowler, all pro uh, defensive tackle for the Green Bay Packers in his situation with uh, over $100,000 in his car and then also possession of marijuana. And, you know, during the break, Kwame, he was making some great comments about how, you know, you know, it's it's pretty much going to be legalized and how the institution, they're going to look back on themselves and they're going to have to clean up a lot of guys' records because of this issue and how you legalize it in some states and some areas, but it's not really legal until the things that you do with, you know, marijuana in your possession. I mean, how does, how would the NFL have to be able, you know, to kind of clean this up in the sports aspect? I mean, you're, they already have rules and regulations. Like do you put automatically, would you consider putting these guys in a rehab? Kind of like how Johnny Mazzell put himself you got order these guys help. I mean, this guy is riding around with over hundred thousand dollars in his pocket. I mean, plus possession of marijuana. I mean, I mean, what 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 do you do with guys like this? I mean, you can find them all you want, but I don't think that's going to be an issue if he's riding around with hundreds of thousands of dollars in his pocket, Doug. I mean, you know what? You're gonna have to do more than just uh, suspend him for some games or just fine him. You know, man, those are drug dealer actions. <laughs> those, you, nobody, I don't know anybody, and I know a lot of people. Yeah, I know. That's driving around, who has money, driving around with 
six figures in their car with uh, a significant amount of marijuana. Who knows what kind of marijuana it is, if you labbed it up or alterated it, and a gun. Come on, man. You, yeah, and you asked for court. You deserve not to ever play the game you, you have so much passion for because you took that chance on putting yourself in a situation where one thing, the marijuana is bigger than the football to you. Mm-hmm. I understand. I understand making more money because you can make more money doing weed than the stock market. But you got to be legal. You got to be crazy that you understand football is you're one play away from never playing the game. You are um, ten plus year career from doing whatever you want to. Why you don't have that much patience and discipline? You, you did. You had that patience and discipline. Where does it go when you start doing idiotic things? You had that patience and that discipline to get to the high level. Mm-hmm. Most of these guys do, but mm-hmm. then you lose your mind when you get there because you see so much money you've never seen before, and you try to double it up. When you double it up by getting interception sacks, throwing touchdowns, catching touchdowns, blocking, running, you get you double it up that way. It just don't happen fast for you, but you've always had that patience. Mm. Let me ask you this. Let's look at the difference between an NFL player out there selling weed compared to just a regular guy that has a regular nine-to-five job and selling weed on the side to make some extra money? The difference is, and my, from just answering the question off the top of the head, is that the NFL player got that light on him. He's always going to be seen. He's going to have a different kind of car to sell that weed in than an average nine-to-five guy. <clears throat> he, might have, he might be driving on something real nice, and that brings attention to himself. He might get out and be a brash guy because that's all he's been. And that's got him where he is athletically mm-hmm. because he had that confidence. Like we talked about the number one defensive back going into college this year. So you got to wrap it, yo. Yeah, I'm bringing that light to me. The 95 guy is just going to try to sell it and keep his 95 job so it's justified that he has some money. And whatever he does with the extra money puts away, that you can't put in a bank account because it don't match up with your, your yearly salary for your 95 job. The difference is... The, there's more idiots in the NFL than the guys working 9 to 5. Right. <laughs> but do you think we look at NFL, I don't even want to say NFL, let's just say pro athletes in general, and are we starting to put too much on these guys as far as not only mentors, but you know, with the kids looking up to them because they're playing sports, are we starting to put too much on them and the spotlight on them too much and so when they do something wrong, it's really blown out of portion because yeah, look at the news. You, know you never see a regular nine to five job guy on the news for selling weed. Mm-hmm. The only NFL kid, the only NFLer, my kids that look up to it better be me, uh, and that that's a stretch right there. But they better. Um, when you're in the NFL, you gotta you gotta you working under somebody. You working under that that um, that shield, uh, the NFL logo. That that the best program. Let's say NFL period the most popular sport in the country. you working under that, and they don't want to taint their in- image. So when it comes down to you doing something stupid, they got to punish you at a high level. Uh, and going back to your question, what's the difference? You know what, it's probably, and I get a whole soliloquy on what the difference could be. It probably is not a difference. It's just that you work for the NFL, and they don't want to mess up their brand. So they want to see, they want everybody to or be seen doing the right things with their, with their employers. Mm-hmm. Doing the right things with guys that work under them, the NFL, whether that be a coach or a player. So that's probably what it is. You can't we punish them more because they're in the spotlight more, and they make a significant amount of money. So 
somebody from the outside would say, this guy makes $800,000 a year. Why is he selling weed? Well, this guy made $8,000 a year. He's going to still be selling weed. It's just something he's done and where he's from. Yeah. Uh, and that's not even an excuse. I don't make excuses for nobody. But I don't understand why. And I say that, too. I'm like, man, you're in the NFL. What you doing? Why are you doing this stupid stuff? I say that, too. I say that, too. A lot of guys, and I played in the NFL, and I consistently see those guys do ignorant, mm-hmm. dumb stuff. That why you just can't wait for 10 years? Do whatever you want then. Then you become right. a regular guy. But then you have that stigma that, oh, former or right, retired NFL right. player. They don't just say retired person or former this or former that. They put the NFL on it because it brings a bigger story. Right. And, then, and, and it brings up a good point. So you're in the NFL. You're making X amount of million dollars unless you're you know, a practice squad player in, in the thousands. But we're talking the guys that are getting busted are making multi-million dollars a year. Why would you put yourself in that situation to sell weed? Why would you need habits. that extra money when you're making that much money already? It's habits. Habits that they're used to, habits that they grew up around, and habits that they're just going to keep doing it until they get caught. And the different, the biggest difference between, you know, a regular 9 to 5 Joe and the NFL superstar, I guess you could say, is in the NFL you get another chance. You get another chance after chance after chance, and rather a nine to five. You might not be looked the same in the NFL world aspect, fans wise, or NFL commissioners might not look at you, owners might not look at you the same. But at the same time, if you're playing at an all pro level, you're going to get another chance regardless if you have one or two strikes on you. Regular nine to five, Joe, it's, you're done. You know, you get that on your resume, you get that upon your your character, your your image. You, you're going to be you judged. Job. Yeah. You're right. pretty much, it's going to be hard to, you better start calling some McDonald's companies because it's going to be hard. I would hire, I, I personally, I personally will hire a guy who's been busted with weed. I will hire him. I just need to sit down and talk to you and ask you why you do it. Uh, and some, yeah. some of them do it. Certain jobs I would. At, yeah, you're right. Right. <laughs> yeah, certain jobs. I'm not, well, I will hire a guy who's been busted with weed. I just need to know why you did it because I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really do understand. All right, you try to feed your family. That's yeah. right there in front of you. That's what yeah. that's what you got to do. Uh, you don't have no edu- formal education, or you try to you try to make the best situation out of uh, the worst, mm-hmm. and it ends up backfiring on you. Uh, so, like like the, like um, was saying, I'm gonna get a second chance because I got money to buy my way. To, I got I got money to buy a second chance if I'm an NFL guy. These guys don't have money to buy a second chance. They spend all their money uh, trying to buy the top lawyer so they're not in trouble mm-hmm. or get a lesser crime. But then now they broke, and their family is next. Next thing you know, their family somewhere in a shelter, only be trying to, only with the mindset of trying to do the right thing in the wrong way. If that makes sense. Yep, exactly. There's lots of ways to make money, but selling weed is a quick, easy. I mean, <laughs> you need money. I'm gonna go try to sell some weed. I'm gonna try to get that money really quick because it's a good profit. It's mm-hmm. an easy sell. And I'm gonna keep pushing on and, uh, until I get caught. But yeah, but you can't get out of it. Neither Doug. Neither you mm-hmm. know it. If you dug, if you made a, if you sold weed, if you sold anything, if you sold candy, and you said I just need this hundred thousand dollars, and you hit the best candy in the world, or you know where to get it, give, give away the best candy, or give away candy that you have, and you made a hundred thousand dollars, you said, wow, all right, I made what I needed. You're not gonna stop because that came too easy. Mm-hmm. Right. Selling that candy came too easy, so you were like, well, I do it for another week. And then I put some money and savings away. And every time you're making that money, it's easy. Not, not knowing that you're being watched. I'm letting you, if I'm a, not a police officer, because it's bigger than an office, police officer. If I'm a, 
watching you to put put cases on you. I'm letting you sell this. I'm taking pictures. I'm letting you get to the high level. I'm finding out who's who and where you go. I'm letting you do all this. So when I do build a case against you, you never getting out. Right. They let these guys do so. They let some of these guys do this. These guys ain't just pop up and say, "I'm gonna say I got. I made a hundred thousand. I know guys make uh, fifty thousand a week doing this. Fifty thousand <laughs> yeah. a week selling this, and they wouldn't take that chance as opposed to being broke. But they can't get out of it. And they, I said, you got enough money. Won't you stop? They can't stop. Mm-hmm. Like Omar S. In too deep. Yeah. Can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Moving on. Yeah. Uh, I think I think we put that one in the butt. Um, moving on. We got about a couple minutes left of the show. Uh, but in the NBA world, All Star Weekend is coming up next weekend. A celebrity All Star Game is hosted Friday. Kevin Hart is returning along with. Uh, a few other celebrities. Who else did they state here? Anthony Anderson is making his debut. I mean, that's that whole All Star Weekend. I mean, it's it's loaded. It's coming up. Uh, all five Atlanta Hawks starters named Players of the Month for the Eastern Conference. I think that's amazing. Um, even though it's supposed to be honored to one player. All five of the Hawks starters. I mean, you might as well just say, "Hey, well, how about the bench players as well?" Because it's not just the starters getting it done. If you're going to announce the five starters, I mean, some of the bench guys have better nights than the starters themselves. But it's pretty. It was pretty odd. Pretty shocking when I seen that. I think it's the first time I ever seen five starters get named for Player of the Month, uh, just for uh, one conference team. Uh, last night, also Stephen Curry threw up 51 points. 26 in the third quarter. I mean, will this guy ever stop? Will he ever slow down? Um, you see guys, you know, have their nights kind of like a Clay Thompson will go off for 37 points in a quarter because he has that type of skill, that type of shooting touch. Stephen Curry does this, I mean, week after week, day after day, night after night. And it's getting to the point, like, will this ever slow down? Will he ever just go cold for weeks? Because I've seen great shooters do it. Reggie Miller, Ray Allen. Uh, Tony Parker. I see him go cold. Chris yeah, but Paul. you know what? They find that they find their touchback quicker than others. They do. They are great right. Shooters. That's why they are great Steph. shooters. But yeah, Steph, Steph Curry going. Uh huh. He's going to go down uh, like a Ray Allen. Ray Allen sitting at home. The team's still trying to get him to come play. But Steph Curry get done playing. They're going to ask him to play about two or three more years because he's so. I mean, he can shoot that ball from anywhere in the, on the basketball court. Right. Absolutely. And he's right now, yeah, he's number one in the MVP race because he just performs night after night. Any time he could just he just let that thing go. And the difference between Ray Allen, he's not running around picks as a two guard. He has the ball to begin with as a point guard. So he can also throw the assist as well. But I mean, this is crazy. Night after night, this guy is, is raining jumpers like it's nothing. And it, it just doesn't stop. And it's just to the point, like, man, will he ever, you know, will it ever slow down for him will, this season? Will he ever just go cold playoff time, which would be a bad time for him to get cold? But I just hope it's not he's not performing too too much right now to the point where the end of the season, second end of the season, you just don't see that same performance. I mean, because he's been lights out. And, Denver, we're talking about Curry, and he's, I mean, he's been lighted up. Let me ask you this. If you have your choice between Curry or Russell Westbrook, who would you take? Because Westbrook had 45 last night. Right. And he's averaging, I think, right about 25, 26 points a game mm-hmm. um, in February. I mean, he's doing pretty good. Yeah. Five games and, in February, but still. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm but, taking. Yeah. I'm taking Curry. Yeah, I'm taking. So. <laughs> yeah, I was oh, about to say the same. Yeah, I'm Curry. Curry, not looking back. Curry is. We got a couple seconds before the end of the show, but Curry, yeah, he's dropping 51 with no sweat. Russell Westbrook, I'm pretty sure he had to work for that, for that 45. But unfortunately, we out of time. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, Friday, Fireball Friday, Fun Friday, No Football Friday. Uh, Are we getting right? <laughs> yeah, we might as well get right. Uh, back, to, back to the usual, I guess you could say, with the weekend coming up. Dougie B, Demi Lachey, Kwame Lasseter, thanks for having us on the show. And we'll be, we will be back tomorrow. You listen to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We'll see you tomorrow. for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. <laughs>